0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see Welcome to Home Group. This is Tuesday night, and we're waiting for you. The we is me, Denise, and Paul. All right, last night we started talking about foundations of faith, and I want us to pick up where we left off last night in Hebrews chapter 5. Are you ready? And in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, the writer of Hebrews, and of course we don't know who that was. There were several options. We covered those last night. God wrote the book of Hebrews. But in Hebrews 5, verse 12, the writer of Hebrews says, By now you ought to be teachers, but you have one need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And as we saw last night, the word ought is a Greek word, a fellow. It's very important because it describes an obligation, something that you owe, something that you're morally obligated to be able to do. And it goes on to say you ought to be teachers, the word didaskaloi, the plural of the word didaskalos, which describes a masterful teacher. And in the time of the New Testament, when a lot of Greeks spoke Greek. It was the same word usually translated for rabbi. So you can really translate this by now. After all you've heard, after all you've been taught, after all the opportunities you have had to learn, you are morally obligated to be a rabbi. You ought to be able to teach like a masterful teacher. But they were not able to. And that's why the verse of the verse says, you have need. The word need is a Greek word kreia, It describes a deficit or something that is lacking. He says, you have such a deficit of information, revelation, and knowledge in your life, you have need that one teach you. And guess what, guys? The word teach, the Greek word didasko, describes systematic teaching. It is the same word that would describe a pupil who would sit next to his teacher. I remember when I was a child... I really had a hard time learning to read. Isn't that amazing? And now I'm writing all these books. I had such a hard time learning to read. They wanted to hold me back in the first grade because I just wasn't able to pull it together. I got really confused reading Dick and Jane. You know what I got confused about? I thought the word Anne, Dick and Jane, Anne was Anne. I thought it was another person. Uh-huh. Well, in Dick and Jane, there's Dick, there's Jane, there's Sally, there's the dog, there's the Spot. cat. Spot, But to me, there was another person named A-N-D, and. <laughs> oh, honey. I was so confused, they almost held me back. And for me to get over my confusion, I had to have a teacher who did asko, that's the word used here, sat by my side and systematically walked with me through every single verse until finally I was able to get it. It was systematic teaching, sitting at the side of a teacher who helped me. And when the Bible says you have need the one teach you, it's the equivalent of saying, hey guys, by now, look how long you've been going to church. How many sermons have you heard preached? How many TV programs have you watched? And yet, you are so lacking. You have need to go back to elementary school for a teacher to sit right by you and teach you, it says, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. The word first is a Greek word Our case, It really means the ABCs. The word principle is a Greek word stokean, describes rudimentary information, rudimentary knowledge. Here they were trying to be a rocket scientists spiritually, but they didn't even know the ABCs. Their foundation was incomplete. Let me tell you a story about foundations. In The city of Pisa in Italy is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Pisa. You've probably all seen pictures of it. It's very famous, the most famous Leaning Tower in the world. And when you look at it, I mean, it's leaning like this, isn't it, Denise?
1: Yeah, it does. When you see it, you want to go, you want to straighten it up with your posture. And
0: they tried to do that. They tried to, the builders, when they saw it was leaning, rather than fix the foundation, they begin to build up like this. So imagine a building that goes like this and then begins to turn like this. Well, they couldn't fix it because the foundation was so flawed. But I have to tell you something else about Pisa that has nothing to do with what I'm teaching you, but you'll be amazed.
1: Great pizza?
0: No, Pisa. If you ever go to Jerusalem (laughs) and you go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, you will see... The Holy Sepulcher, and you also see Golgotha, the place where Jesus was crucified, and I believe that it is authentic. But when you see it, there's not much of it, is there? Well, there are
2: several churches, or it's difficult to call them churches, but in one building, there are several different places of worship. Sections, sections. And they're all built on top, of, uh, on top of Golgotha. Well, no, they're not. Golgotha is just
0: one part. It's mm-hmm. in one corner and it's very, very small. In fact, you can hardly even see it because it's covered with floors and walls. You look at it and think, this is Golgotha? Well, no, not really. It's just a tiny little fragment of it. Well, where is the rest of it? What happened to Golgotha? There's not much of it there. i can tell you what's happened. During the Dark Ages, when the church loved relics of all kinds, the people of Pisa, wanted to be buried in holy soil, the rich people. So they sent ships to Jerusalem, and they took away nearly all of Golgotha Mountain Hill, and they transported it to Pisa. So if you want to see the biggest part of Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified, you have to go to Italy. And you have to go to Pisa, and there is an interior court in the church there, completely filled with the soil from Golgotha, and that is where the wealthy citizens of the city at that time were buried. Is that amazing? Who would ever dream the Golgotha? Part of it, most of it, is in Pisa, Italy. But anyway, that was just interesting. But the Leaning Tower of Pisa began to lean because it had a problem with the foundation. foundation. And do you know, to this day, it is still leaning, and they're still working on the foundation all the time. And one of these days, specialists say it's going to collapse because the foundation is so flawed. Well, they should have built right on the foundation, and that would have never happened. And this is what happens in people's spiritual life. They want to jump the gun. They want to soar to heights before they really have a proper foundation. And that's what happened to these believers. So then... When you come to chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 2, the Bible says, listen to this, Therefore leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. The word principles, again, is a Greek word, our case. It means let us leave the starting point or let us leave the ABCs. Hold on. That means you're not supposed to be stuck on the ABCs. In fact, it says, let us go on. The word go on in Greek is the word pharaoh, which describes a forward movement. It said, let us go on unto perfection, the Greek word teleotes. And guess what? The word teleotes is the Greek word that means to graduate from one class upward into the next grade level. But you know what? When you go to school, you don't start in the sixth grade. You start in kindergarten. You don't go from the sixth grade to college. You have to go through every level, or you're going to end up messed up. It doesn't matter how smart you are. If you skip those elementary things, you're going to end up making really critical mistakes later on, even if you're sincere. You cannot skip your ABCs. And unfortunately today, in much of the modern church, churches are not even getting the ABCs. They're not getting it. This is a great example. That's why so many believers are just wandering back and forth on key issues, like is abortion right? Is trans- Maybe we're judgmental if we say transgenderism is wrong. Or People are just wandering back and forth, just trying to take a stab in the dark at what's right and what's wrong. That's because they missed their ABCs. They missed it. It's not a question of sincerity. They just missed it. And the Bible says somebody needs to take them back to elementary
2: school and make sure they get the ABCs. Any comments? When you choose to believe in Christ, and I know that we're getting to repentance eventually because it's one of the first things here in Hebrews chapter 6, but when you choose to believe in Christ, you're not just choosing Christ. You're also choosing a whole lot of other things that you may not realize the moment you say, Jesus is Lord. Because when you say, Jesus is Lord, you're, you're agreeing to a whole lot of things that initially you don't really understand. That's why it's so important to learn these things. And when you learn these things, you, it actually changes your entire... I like to use this word. Some people don't like it. I, it changes your entire worldview. I like you that word. You choose to trust Christ and call Him your Lord it changes your entire world view. It does. And there are conflicting world views. Oh, very. You just have to accept that fact there are entirely conflicting world views and you can't accept one world view and accept another world view at the same time. They're just... They're not compatible. So when you choose Christ, you're actually choosing an entire worldview. And I don't mean that in a secular way. I mean that in a very spiritual sense. Because the Bible actually provides you with the knowledge you need to build your life based on, for our our purposes, based on this certain worldview or doctrines. That's so good. But
0: let's look at this again. It says, therefore, leaving. Leaving means... You're not supposed to be stuck in first grade. God wants all of us to mature and to go on to the next level. But again, you can't go from kindergarten to sixth grade. You go one level at a time. You can't skip anything. But progressively, this verse says you can begin to go up. Eventually, you're supposed to leave the principles or the ABCs of the doctrines of Christ. Now, most people are still stuck in that level. They don't know it, but that's really knowledge-wise, where they still are. Then it goes on to say, let us go on. The word go on, the word "pharaoh," describes forward movement. We should always be making forward movement in our Christian life, doesn't matter how old you are. Unto perfection, teleotes, let's go up to the next level, to the next class. And then it says, not laying again, and here he lays six basic foundations. These are the ABCs of the Christian faith. Could you pass the test? on these six things. Let's look at it. Not laying again, the foundation of repentance from dead works, number one. Number two, faith toward God. Number three, the doctrine of baptisms. That's plural. Not one baptism, plural, baptisms. Next, laying on of hands. What's that doing in the middle of this? You're going to find out. Next, resurrection of the dead. And last, eternal judgment. These are the six foundations ABCs of the Christian faith. If you don't understand these, you're going to mess up. You're going to be like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Somewhere along the way, you're going to begin moving like this, and you may try to self-adjust by rebuilding the way you're going up. No, 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 no. You've got to go back and fix the foundation, even if that means you got to have somebody sit right alongside you and teach you what the Bible says. And by the way, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people just use common sense And to know what the bible says we need a revival of the bible amen and if you are a partner with our ministry thank you for helping us bring a revival of the bible into people's lives if you're not a partner please pray about becoming one but tonight we're going to look at the first thing you need to know in your abcs and that is called the foundation of repentance from dead works notice it begins with the word foundation you know why because this is where it all begins. And guess what, Denise and Paul, this is what most people are messed up on. In fact, a couple of years ago, Denise and I were traveling in America, and that summer I felt instructed of the Lord to preach on repentance everywhere I went. And Denise can tell you, when we went out to our resource table to shake hands with people, which we love to do, person after person, Denise, am I exaggerating? Said, I've never heard a message on this. I I didn't understand what repentance was. What? What are they listening to? There is nothing more important than this. This is the foundation. If you mess up on this, it's liable that you're not even saved. That's how important that it is. But yet we know the church is full of unsaved people. They've just come to church, learned the language, like the environment, learned the lingo. They like to sing the songs, but they've never had a radical conversion The church is filled with a lot of unsaved people. No wonder so much of the church is off. This is the foundation. But hey, what does the word foundation mean? It's the Greek word thamelios. It's a compound of the word tithemi, which means to set something in place, and the word lithos, you hear another word, lithograph? It's the word for stone. So when you put the two words together, the word foundation describes something that should be set in stone in your life. Well, when something is set in stone, it's permanent. You don't have to ever repeat that again. You don't have to have to repeat it again because it is set in stone. This is immovable. It is stable. It is permanent. So when he describes the foundation of repentance from dead works, it's the equivalent to saying this is number one in the ABCs, your understanding of what repentance is and what it isn't should be set in stone in your life. And in fact, it is so important. I wrote a little book that I'm going to give you free right now. All you have to do is call us 1-800-742-5593 or send us an email with your contact information called Repentance, What It Is, What It Isn't, and How to Do It. I wrote this because of that summer trip where we met so many Christians, Christians, who had never heard about repentance or what it was. They were confused. You need to know, and it's free to you tonight. But let's look at it. It's the foundation of repentance. Well, the word repentance is the Greek word metanoia. That is a compound. The word meta means a turn or a change. The word noia is from the word nous, which is the word for the mind. Compound the two words together literally the word repentance means a change of mind or a decision to be different. It is a decision. There is not a hint of emotion in the word repentance, which means emotion and tears are not required to repent. Remotion, repentance is not an emotion. Now, you may have emotion, but it's not required To repent. For example, I'm just going to make it real basic. If you're in your kitchen and you know that you need to lose weight and you have repented of eating wrongly, when you walk past the refrigerator, you don't need to say, Oh God, oh, I'm so sorry for how I've eaten. God's not interested in your tears in that case. He just wants you to keep the door shut and keep walking past the refrigerator. It is a decision. Repentance is a decision. It's like when our kids were young, Denise. We wanted them to understand biblical terminology from the time they were young. So if they did something wrong and they hooped and hollered and carried on and said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I would actually say to them, I'm glad you're sorry, but cut those tears out. We're not asking you for emotion. We're asking you to change your behavior.
2: That's what the word repentance means. Here in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, it says the foundation of repentance from dead works, meaning it's something very specific. Some people say, I've repented. Well, then you should ask the next question. What did you repent from? Or what did you turn away from? And what was the fruit of it? And yeah, so when we talk about repentance, it's not something vague. It's something very specific, and if you actually turn away from something, or if you change your mind about something, that means you're turning away from a certain lifestyle. It means you're turning away from something that is incompatible. Having a kind of
0: conversation, a way of thinking.
2: Yes, and, and in this context, we can add that there is an initial step of faith that you make when you turn towards the Lord, but then there's continual repentance. Absolutely. You can have an initial uh, repentance, uh, repentance from sin, or as it says here, repentance from dead works. But then, as we grow, we learn that there are so many more things that we shouldn't be doing. Now, let me say something? something first. The Billy Graham Association, years and years and years ago, they
0: never reported conversions. They reported how many decisions were made in their meetings. That is absolutely correct. Repentance is a decision. That's what the word repent means. It is a decision, like Paul said, to turn from one thing to another, to turn from sin, wrong talk, gossip, bad habits. You're turning away from, you're turning toward, but you don't wait on your emotions to make the Decision.
2: You wait on your emotions
0: to make the decision, it could be too late. Now, let me give you an example where emotions really got in somebody's way. Matthew 27, verse 3. And in Matthew 27, verse 3, Judas Iscariot, after he really realized how badly he had messed up, the Bible says he repented himself. And then he went out and hung himself. Well, when you really repent, do you go out and hang yourself? No. Then what did he do? The word repent there is the Greek word metamelomai. It describes a pulsant. Person who is engulfed in sorrow, engulfed in remorse. And here's what happens. Sometimes people's emotions actually get in the way of them making a decision. decision. Emotions are fine, God gave us emotions. But when it comes to repentance, it doesn't depend on your emotions. And sometimes you need to get your emotions out of the way so you can make a decision. Now some people say, "Yeah, but as you grow in the Lord, you never have to repent again." That is nonsense. I'm repenting all the time. If I speak ugly to Denise, and the Holy Spirit deals with me, I need to I need to change. Deciding to change—that's what repentance is. Just get away rid of all your religious connotations. It means to make a decision to be different. God will call on you to repent to the end of your life, but when you come to Christ, it is a decision from which you never retreat, and the Bible says in Hebrews 6, verse 1 and 2, it is the foundation of your faith. You've got to get this right. Denise.
1: Um, just this week, the Lord opened up some understanding to me about a, th- a thinking that I had, and I've had it for years, and I thought that I was right. And He opened up His Word to me, and I saw finally, I saw that I was wrong. And you know what that did? It set me free because I could say, Lord, I repent of that. And I take this freedom that you're giving to me right now. But and it's like, there's been a, um, I would say just something released from my mind but that was like a, um, uh, like a trap. Over but you
0: weren't repeating, repenting to get saved because you already did that. No. You don't have to repeat that. It was
1: attitude.
0: So there's your initial repentance, which is never repeatable. That's set in stone. That's for the rest of your life. But as you walk with God, like Denise just said, if the Holy Spirit reveals something to you that is incorrect, you just need to say, thank you. I'll change. I will change. That's what repentance is. Mm -hmm. It's causing your actions to catch up with what God
2: has told you is not right. And if we didn't have the power to make a decision, then this wouldn't even be a foundational doctrine. We do have the power to make a decision and change our lives. We have the power to turn away from one thing and turn towards something else. It's, it's, it's really a gift that God has given, the gift to make a decision and turn towards Him. It's, it's, it's amazing that we
0: have that power. And this is number one in the ABCs, but we're out of time. So when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to see the next one, which is faith toward God. You might say, well, and everybody understands that. No, they don't. No, they don't. And in fact, people who don't understand it might go to church, might be sitting in the pew, might even be raising their hands, worshiping God. And they might not even be saved. If they don't understand number two, <laughs> it is really a big, big flaw. But we're going to talk about that tomorrow night. We're out of time. Remember to get your free download at renner.org. And if you need prayer, Write us at prayer@renner.org, at or call us 1-800-742-5593. And when you call or when you write, ask for your free book, Repentance, What It Is, What It Isn't, and How to Do It. We love you, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.